Blog Talk Radio. Hello and greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle, and I'm the host. Um, I love to be known as the Vibrarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower you with information and experiences that I hope that you will find elevating, positive, uplifting, and certainly exciting. Every Tuesday night, I'm here on the Vibrary Radio Network, which is part of the Blog Talk Radio community. And on our Tuesday show, I get to talk with people who have opened to their psychic gifts and abilities. And I interview them about their life stories because I believe that everyone is psychic. You just may not recognize it. So the goal of this show is to share slices of people's lives that they are willing to share with us about their journey, the highs, the lows of it, so that you might see something that resonates and helps you kind of click to say, aha, maybe I am psychic after all. So every Tuesday I have a different guest on who comes to share their story with me during that time. And then on Thursday is the Vibrarian Show, which is a subject show. I talk about anything that is interesting. We might be talking about Bigfoot one week and astral travel and projection another. We just finished up an episode about the Akashic Records, which was quite interesting. And I know we've got some future subjects that will be quite interesting to the listening audience. So I do invite you to come back for Thursday evening, same time, same channel, same phone number. The phone number for this show is 646-668-8988. You're invited to call in to ask questions during the show about the things that you're hearing. And we certainly appreciate you if you connect with us on Facebook. Now, my community for the Vibrarian, I like to call them the Good Vibe Tribe because we're there to uplift each other, and your vibe attracts your tribe, so we're trying to spread positivity. You can connect and find me at The Vibrarian, and that's V as in vibe, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm always out there looking for those beautiful memes and moments that are uplifting and encouraging and funny because laughter we know is the best medicine. So I'd invite you to connect with me there. If you see something you think is good vibration, tag me so that I can share it out with the rest of the community. Definitely connect with me on Facebook so you can stay up to date on all of the events and happenings that are going on from elevation stations where you can get psychic readings to upcoming radio shows and other events that are coming out. So every week I get to talk to someone interesting, and I have been waiting for a few weeks, more than a few weeks, to have my guest this evening on the show. Now, I first encountered this individual back before the end of the year, and I discovered him in a newsletter that was published by another psychic reader that I'm connected to, who I find very thoughtful and interesting. Her name is Janet Raftis. So she was announcing in her newsletter that her partner was beginning to offer readings. So when I went to look at his information, it was quite fascinating to me because he talked about connecting with an energetic presence that was not that familiar to me. I had never had a reading where someone connected with an extraterrestrial presence. So, of course, I said, let me see what this is about. And I reached out and connected with Scott Hall. 
Scott Howe is an intuitive channel here in the Atlanta area, and I was fortunate to be able to have a phone reading with him, which was quite unique and different from some of the other readings that I had had. And as this show launched, I said it would be wonderful if I could really – some people call it being nosy. I don't call it being nosy because uh, I just want to know more. I have a thirst for information, and I'm curious about who people are and what makes them tick. So tonight, I'm very, very excited to welcome to the broadcast Scott Hall. Scott, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cheryl. (laughs) Now, I don't know if if you are, like, you know, the fact that you're channeling an extraterrestrial, I know that you have your blog out there, and I've been subscribing to your newsletter for some months. I don't know if yeah. that is really part of your calling card or if it's just the thing that intrigued me most about what you were stating. The, are, is that one of the main areas of psychic gift and ability that you are, are working with, or is it just kind of part of your mix? Uh, it's definitely just part of my mix, which is which is kind of cool to say that that uh, alien is just part of my mix. <laughs> <laughs> no. you know, it's like having a family member as an alien. Like, yeah, no, he's just part of it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, you no, know, yeah, I think just, about ET in the closet. You know, from back in the ET right. phone home, they had the alien in the closet they were hiding. So, <laughs> you know, um, uh, he, you know, he's one of the people I could speak to. Like, if I need if I need help, he's he's one of the the people. So I can just you know pose a question to him, or or if I have questions uh, in in meditation, he may be the one who comes forward and gives me information. Now, have you? How do you define your gifts and abilities if you had to describe yourself to others? Um, well, I'm a psychic empath, very, very empathic, and a channel as well. Those are the main things, psychic, empathic, channel, I would say. Then there's a whole bunch of other stuff I'd like to do as well. But um, I just kind of like to – to leave as wide open as possible because it seems like something new's popping, popping up uh, all the time for me, which keeps it really interesting. So I get bored easily. So it's it's great <laughs> doing um, when I do readings to be able to kind of um, reach in different areas to get the information. Now, empathy is something that I've heard many of the people who've been on this show talk about as their first kind of engagement with spirit or with other people's energy, that they were highly sensitive to that Mm -hmm. and it was impacting them in a negative way without them knowing. (laughs) Would would that be a fair description of your experience as well? Yeah, 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 pretty much from birth. (laughs) I think the reason why it's negative is because it's only the negative people that are really – where, where it makes you aware of it in a bad way. Otherwise, if you're around loving people and being extremely empathic and picking up on them, you would, I mean, you wouldn't think twice. I mean, why would you even think to discuss it? It's like, yeah, empathic. Oh, I thought I was just feeling love constantly. The problem is when you don't feel love and you feel, you feel bad stuff and you pick it up from other people, then that that's where the problem is. And for most of us empaths, that's, you know, we haven't been living in the best environment you kind of think in a way it's like a training environment when you're in a in, in more of a difficult environment. It, it automatically teaches you what's what. You have to think about where where does the 
where does that person end and where do I start? Um, for me, it, it took, it was later in life. It wasn't until the last uh, couple of years where I really got into that and understood where, where I was versus where other people were, if that makes sense. Energy. Yeah. So, so your family environment and your younger years, would you say that you, did you have awareness of your empathy and or psychic abilities when you were young? Well, the empathy, I, I just thought it was, I thought it was just, I, you know, someone was negative. I thought I had done something bad. I didn't understand that I was picking up on them. So I didn't understand mm-hmm. that my mother was in a bad mood. I didn't understand. I thought I was the cause of her bad mood because I was feeling her bad mood as if it was me and, and took it mm-hmm. negatively. So, so that was really difficult. The psychic part, I always just believed in, in a, a wide range of things. I, just, I always have been open to belief, just always, always, always. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's, what, what I've been told from, from uh, some, one of the entities or groups I channel is that that, that was, that's what allowed me to like bring in a, uh, the extraterrestrials because I'm completely wide open. So I had this wide openness. But the only time when I was really young that I remember specifically that was unusual was I, I was floating – I, I was sick. I was floating in my bed above the bed. I was floating in the air, I guess, above the bed, and I couldn't talk. And uh, so I had one of those things. I can't remember what people call it, but where you where you kind of can't move at all, but you're mm-hmm. floating. Sleep paralysis. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had one of the, I had that. I remember that was a real big deal to me when I was young. And then later on, then as an adult, I started lucid dreaming. So that was that was that. But I also had you know I would I would pick up on what what things that would happen that were happening that I couldn't see. So that, that happened, not, not drastically or anything. My main thing growing up, I was empathic. I think I tried to shut everything else down, not knowingly, but that's what I did. Now being a male was, do you think that you had more challenges because you were quote unquote sensitive as they oh, oh yeah. sensitive. Was that challenging yeah. then as you were growing into your teen years and then coming into oh, relationships yeah. as an adult? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See the it's you know, being sensitive back then people were just of course you know, I grew up in the sixties and seventies and eighties, but it it was it was just not cool to be a sensitive man, you know, that was considered gay, which was also negative. So you know, everything was anything sensitive was just considered negative by by most of the the people that I was around, and so so I spent my whole life trying to hide that I was sensitive, which was which is pretty ridiculous because I end up telling some some friends have known me forever. I'm like, you know what? Um, I I found out I'm really psychic. They're like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like like I was hiding this. <laughs> like I was the only one that thought I was actually trying doing a success, successful job of hiding the fact that I was yeah that I was sensitive yeah I think that's so interesting because one of the things that I'm encountering a lot as I'm in esoteric circles is the the teaching or idea that we are here especially those born uh, in the late 60s 70s the um to 80s that 
we're the in-betweeners in that we are in between the rigid, uh, institutionally focused idea of the 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, which was very um, constrictive. Men didn't hug. Men, you know, men didn't cry. Uh, women didn't work, you know, and didn't do masculine roles, and that we ushered in and are here purposely in order to usher in the new, more balanced expression of human beingness. And that includes, you know, men being able to cry. In the 80s, there was a big movement of uh, EQ or EIQ, emotional intelligence, and all the corporate people were having training on training people how to be less sharks and more emotionally savvy in the workplace. I forgot about that, yeah. Right? So it's like we're part of that uh, energy breaking down the templates that were not healthy for people. And so you'll find that people are, fathers are parenting differently and encouraging their sons to be more wholly expressive rather than being unemotional. And women are teaching their daughters to be more uh, independent and less, um, less. Yeah, but just less dependent on that masculine kind of uh, old hunter-gatherer sewing cooking paradigm. So you're right. a few years ahead of me in age, but it seems like your experience would have certainly uh, been one that broke down templates that would have been existing before, even within your family unit itself. Yeah, had had I said anything about it or whatever, had I stood my ground, but instead I was hiding trying to hide and and trying to not not be the not show my sensitivity which is you know like i said kind of ridiculous because <laughs> everyone knows i mean yeah anyone knows everyone anyone knows that i'm a sensitive guy mhm i think i read one of your blog posts a few months back where you were sharing about i want to say that it was after um it's not Kurt Cobain, but um, there was a suicide oh, of Cornell, a yeah. yeah Chris Cornell, and I think that you had a really thoughtful post about dealing with um, depression and and being honest when people are not feeling emotionally best or need support and help. And I thought that it was very you know very good at the time for sure uh, to be able to express that message to people. And to say, you know, it is okay. That's that seems to be part of your empathy gift, to be able to touch those emotional places in a way that people can relate to you, because you're sharing very vulnerable things in that space. Yeah, yeah. I um that I so I was suicidal um about three or four years ago. Um, after my divorce, I was just extremely depressed and um. I wrote that blog about about that called my suicide my suicidal seduction and how seductive mm. that whole that the whole idea of, of uh, suicide can be which a lot of people didn't know um and um and in doing that it I couldn't believe how many people said it helped them I I got answers from like I think it's three different kinds of people ones that were like yeah I've been through that too thank you for voicing that um, and then some mm-hmm. people were like, I, I, I can't even go, I can't even go there. 
I, I can't even mm-hmm. read your article, but thank you for writing on them and even got one of those. And then, mm-hmm. um, then people like this is going to help other people tremendously. And then, and then people saying that now I think I understand better, you know, why my brother um, committed suicide or whatever. And I, I just, I didn't envision that. I didn't think I just, I wrote because I felt like I had to, because for me, and and I I knew and I wrote at the beginning of the article that if this helps other people that's great but I'm really writing this for myself and but it did help other people and it got picked up and published and um, online and that that was just so cool and um, um, and to go a little further with that during that period in my life and it wasn't it was brief because I I got help and I I mm-hmm. had friends and I was in Al-Anon and I I had a sponsor and I. And I, I, when I realized how far down the rabbit hole I'd gone and that I was starting to, um, I planned a date already that I knew I was in mm-hmm. trouble and I needed to get help. And mm-hmm. I, so I did get help. And so it only lasted <clears throat> like a month or so. And, um, but during that time I was, um, uh, writing journaling as I always do. And these beautiful words started coming out. Um, you're a wonderful mm-hmm. person. You're a loving person. You have so much to give. Stuff like that. Things that a suicidal person would not write. Things that, when, when I'm like thinking I'm dirt or lower than dirt, why would I write something like that? I mean, it was so such a extreme contrast to the way my personality was thinking, my ego was mm-hmm. thinking, whatever. And and uh, I realized it was from it was from somewhere else. And that's where my channeling. Uh, channeling of entities began I, i'm also artist and photographer and i've always think i've always channeled music and and arts and but but this was the first time where where i knew of an entity was actually coming through me so um that, that was really beautiful and that so that started the whole channeling thing right there so um my partner janet um you know years later when we met a couple of years later she I told her of those experiences um, when we were getting to know each other. And she said, why don't you try that again? And I did. And next thing you know, I um, uh, was channeling uh, a group of entities known as um, the underwriters. That, that's, and basically, I, I give them these names, but that was the name that stuck to underwriters. And, that's mm-hmm. a, and, they, and then they introduced me to Abe one day when I said, um, I asked the underwriters, I said, I've always been interested in aliens, always, always. And I said, um, have I ever met an alien? Will I ever meet an alien? Um, you know, I asked those questions. And as soon as I asked that, um, this energy came over me that was very different from um, the underwriter's energy. And it was, it was sedating. It was like being on like a, 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 some sort of um, sleep medication or painkiller. Mm-hmm. Um, not not mm-hmm. icky, but just just slow. And I couldn't believe it. I was saying, no, this can't happen. No, no, I, this is. I'm making this up. There's no way. But, mm-hmm. you know, even though I knew that some alien energy was coming, in. <laughs> and, and we had a very brief discussion at the beginning because I was just not believing. I wasn't going to have any of. I was like, this is just BS. I'm just making this up. It's, isn't it great? I can make this stuff up. But no, he came in and and. Uh, uh, you know, I I named him. Uh, I think I think it's it's me, a combination of him and myself coming up with a name, and that was capital A, capital B, colon, and that's his name. Mm-hmm. I call him Abe. I just call him Abe. 
<laughs> I always so, wondered how to pronounce so, it. I knew I had read your yeah. explanation that it's, you know, it really is just A capital V colon. You know, I think I had an extra <laughs> in there somewhere, but, you know. <laughs> and, the colon, and the colon's extra hilarious. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's more to come, so right? E- um, yeah, it's so E.T. or whatever. Well, it's interesting that you talk about writing as um, your introduction to a certain kind of conversation in the in the spirit realm or X five D sense. I think that people are challenged because if you say to them, you know, oh, you're channeling your inner muse when they come up with a song or when they envision a picture and paint it, or when they write a creative story, all of that tends to be accepted into the realm of, well, that's just creativity. But when you start to say, you know, I'm having conversations, and you're not saying, well, I'm writing a script for a movie, I'm having a conversation, it causes a disconnect then to where the disbelief comes in. You know, people didn't look at Bowie and say, we don't believe that you wrote this song. They just accepted his music and ran to make records of it and to sell it and listen to it. But if a person says to you, I channeled this uh, book of teachings or this series of writings uh, that are, are meant to be given, then there is an immediate separation to say, well, that's not possible. Now you've gone too far and you might need to get your head checked. Right, and it's so unique right. to me that that's kind of how we how we experience it. one side of the creative expression and channeling coming in from the higher self is okay, and the other kind is bad, <laughs> bad, bad. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I had to teach myself that even because I, I would say when when Ave first started coming in, um, I told a friend of ours, I was like, I can you believe this? I'm having a hard time believing the alien, and and she was like, Wait a second, you've done lucid dreaming you've popped into other people's bodies and that but it's the alien that throws you off <laughs> right. like, yeah i guess right. i guess it's all crazy if i'm gonna call it call ave crazy yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so when you were journaling and receiving these messages were you already kind of um working or providing services or having conversations that were psychic related in terms of um, doing work for other people or were you mainly no. still internally expressing? Yeah, I was just using that internally. I mean, say I, lucid dreaming was the, was the way that I received messages more than anything during my, I guess that happened in my thirties and, um, maybe late twenties, but definitely thirties. And, um, that was the main thing I was doing. And, and those journaling dreams, you know, my, my dream journal. And then, um, then this happened and then I, I got more into it, but I, I can't say that it just took off with it. It wasn't until I met, um, my partner, Janet Raftus when, um, you know, I, I just kept, I'll, I'll just go back to how we met because it pretty much explains how, how things blossomed from there. Mm-hmm. I, well, we met and uh, online and we started talking. I was so interested because she talked about the, how she's an energy healer, um, intuitive. And I just asked her question after question after question about it. And for a lot of the things that she said, she told me, I was like, Oh, I've had that too. Oh, I've had that too. Oh, mm-hmm. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And mm-hmm. and she finally said, you know, you're the most psychic person I know who doesn't know they're psychic. <laughs> I was like, I, I never call myself a psychic. <laughs> so so at, at some point she said, well, you should try that, that written channeling again. And why don't you get our friends to ask a question and, and channel the answer? So that's how I started reading slash channeling. It was, it was channeled readings and written only, and which took me forever because the answers would be like three or four pages long. <laughs> so, so she's like, you need to really wow. start getting into the verbal stuff. <laughs> so right. I did. And then and that, but most of my readings now are, are actually um, don't involve channeling. Sometimes I channel the, the, the guide actually comes through channel that, that happened to me uh, past this past weekend um, so I'm just really open to whatever person needs to hear their message in a unique way that works for them. And, uh, and each, and my belief is that each psychic is, is unique, right? So, so mm-hmm. their guides, the, the, the client's guides talk, figure out what's best, to, who's best to come forward to the psychic and what, what, how that information should look to the psychic so that information can be conveyed back to the client. Um, for the most impact. So I just kind of leave mm-hmm. it open that way. Um, so I've, right. I've channeled aid for a couple people, but most people, they, you know, if they ask for it, they'd probably get it, but it's kind of a mixture of everything. And then the mediumship has been the newest thing that's come in that just kind of naturally came in. And so you just started being aware <laughs> that, you know, okay, well, these are somebody's grandmother, somebody's mom, somebody's brother, that yeah. you are starting to receive uh, communication with. Yeah, the more I've done it, like I've, I've, this is a new, it's kind of like an explosion for me. This new explosion of becoming a psychic and really getting in touch with my abilities has been, it's been less than a year since I've been doing this mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, professionally. So it, it's just blossomed like crazy. And, and I learn more and more every time I read someone as, as every psychic does anyway, but, but one, the thing I'm learning the most right now, I think is just what the different energies feel like. I can tell when it's someone's who passed and it just feels different. I can see them differently. I, I know mm-hmm. that they're, they were in body form at one point that they're actually in physical form um, versus some guides have been in physical form before, but it's, it's more obvious that they're guides. So um, anyway, that's mm-hmm. just totally cool. The whole thing is just amazing. But it's quite interesting to me because, you know, I do have psychic gifts and abilities and I provide readings. I consider myself, you know, it gets dicey when you start talking about labels and stuff, but I, I clear cognizant in terms of I have a knowing in the time of a session of what what is to be expressed and I have clear audience so I hear, I sometimes I will see pictures, but mostly in dream space. And everyone keeps telling me, well, you know you're going to be a medium. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not ready for that. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm just not quite ready for yeah. that kind of interaction, which is, again, my perspective of it, because it's like, well, if you're already dealing with an angel or a spiritual guide, then okay. And I know my grandfather is uh, present around me, and I kind of know his voice and his messages now, uh, apart from the crowd of people or voices in my head, so to speak. But um, there seems to be a lot of energy coming forth in 
the realm of mediumship that a lot of people who did not consider themselves mediums before are now starting to receive these kind of messages with clients. And people who were being mediums before are also starting to connect with the people who do not have a loved one directly that they are trying to communicate with, but they are trying to express their story as a form of healing and release. So there's like two or three people I know who are medium and channeling in these message sessions. Uh, one of them is the lady Burnett Sherman who was on this show and her Spirit Speaks channel on YouTube, that's all she's doing is giving voice to the voiceless. And her and her um, her mm. questioner, her, who's her mother, they do this series of messages and see spirit after spirit after spirit. And it's like they're, they're just holding the phone and allowing these um, spirits to come through as a way to resolve. And I think that it has a lot to do with the healing that is happening on the planet, that all of it is being expressed and all of the release for soul trauma and especially the disempowered. Uh, There's a lot of work in the Native American community around powwow time and and just in general to, to heal the trauma of separation so that spiritual release can happen. So it's quite interesting to me that you're flowering into that uh, kind of, it just started coming forth at this time as well. You know, I think that's yeah, the reason. <laughs> you know. Well, I do. I know that. So, you know, they tell you the the way that mediumship really came to me was pretty dramatic. Um, a, um, I literally heard. I was in the, that state of mind before you completely wake up. But when when you're you're really connected to spirit mm-hmm. when you're lying in bed and you haven't gotten up yet, and um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 uh a neighbor of mine came through who had passed and they actually announced her first and said her name. Let's, let's say her name is Mary. They were like, Mary, we have Mary on the, on the other side. We have Mary on the other side. And I was like, what the heck? Oh, wow. And then, and then there she was in front of me and I don't know her very well at all. And she wanted me to uh-huh. tell her husband that she was sorry. She had committed suicide and, and uh, she showed me how she had committed suicide. And apparently, I didn't realize this, but I was never told this, how she committed suicide. And I found out mm-hmm. later, I was like, oh, my God. I, so now it's totally confirmed. But um, it was really freaky, um, really cool. Um, I have yet to talk to the husband, but um, that made me realize that, yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't because I'm like, how – you know, she showed me some clothing, and, and what am I going to say? Hey, does she wear a blah blah blah? Did she used to? You know, yeah. So that, that's kind of that's an unusual situation. I've been talking to people about that, but they said if the if if the husband shows up in front of you, then you know you should do it. But otherwise, just leave it be. But uh, but that was a case where the spirit was was saw me uh, as a you know. I think they see us as beacons, and mm-hmm, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, he's the closest empath, intuitive medium that I can reach that could possibly mm-hmm. get to my husband to give him this message. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting because, you know, when you see it on popular TV, like uh, Long Island Medium is a show most people are familiar with. And Teresa Caputo, of course, we know part of it is scripted reality, but they always are showing her 
in random places and the lady folding the socks in the department store, <laughs> she comes up to her because she knows she's got a message for him, and then she engages the person in the conversation, blows their mind, delivers the message from their loved one, it ends in happy tears, and then the show moves on. But it's not easy to then do that, uh, to say to someone, like you said, how do you how do you do that, especially if there's a case of a traumatic or violent yeah. passing, you open yourself up to, well, how do you know? And then you've got the police at your door saying, well, sir, that <laughs> detail was never released to the public. Can you explain to us right. how you do? Like, exactly, well, you know, my right. spirit guys, she came to me in the morning. They're going to be like, yeah, you need to call your lawyer. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? exactly. That could be pretty, uh, that's pretty intense of a, of a dynamic well, there. <laughs> It see it be, the mediumship as a high feels like it's a higher responsibility, and I just think it's because mm-hmm. someone has put so much because they love that person. The client has loved that person so dearly, and it matters so much to them more than mm-hmm. I mean you, it, it's kind of funny, but more than some personal message for how they can grow spiritually. It matters more mm-hmm. to them mo- mostly. It's like I really want to mm-hmm. talk to this person, so when it comes in, I it I. I kind of resisted doing this because I was worried that, that if, what if I got something wrong and their feelings got hurt or whatever. But what I found out is that it's almost always beautiful. And, um, mm-hmm. and just to give you an example, one time I had a client and, and she, I guess she just needed uh, her parents had passed and I had at least those two, I think it was three different people had passed channeling pure love through me to her. I had to grab her hands. I don't normally hold people's hands when I give them readings. Mm-hmm. And I held her hands and just channeled love into her from these, from these passed on uh, relatives. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it can be just absolutely beautiful thing, you know, just wonderful. That was one of the most beautiful readings period I've ever done because I mean, there's nothing better to feel than love. And and this is coming mm-hmm, from a guy, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a musician. I don't, I've not written many love songs. I'm not that kind of, I may be a sensitive guy, you know, but I'm not, I don't sit there write love songs, you know? And, and so love is a new thing to talk about openly and cry and all this stuff. This is new for me. So to be sitting there channeling love to a stranger, that's like, I would never have guessed I'd ever do that, but it's such a rewarding, wonderful feeling to be of service to someone like that. It's funny because, you know, you would think that with you being sensitive, that you'd be, you know, writing all by myself. You know what I'm saying? Something that's like the ballad love song sensitive guy. <laughs> well, I was hidden because sensitive. Of that. Hidden. Yeah, but I was hidden, right? So I grew up in the 60s right, and 70s. Right. So I was hiding. It was more about, you know, hey, I'll get the girl and the, you know, the. The drug, sex, and rock and roll. I mean, I wasn't about that, but you know that that toughness, right. that kind of toughness. Well, you were in death metal, though, had. were you? No, no I played <laughs> heavy. I played rock. heavy rock. No, I played heavy <laughs> okay. rock. I did. So, so I was, yeah. And so you know, it would be about if it was about love, it would not be like, oh, my dear, I love you know. So, um, yeah, this is right. now I can write those mm-hmm. kind of songs. Now, now I, I'm capable of expressing myself more in, in written word in a loving way. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be to change like this. And uh, the cool thing about it is I see it completely differently now is now I see that um, I feel that men 
such as myself who can express themselves emotionally um, actually are stronger and come across as stronger than a man who doesn't. So it's the opposite of what we used to think because how, how many, you know, when you see a, a man who can take care of his kids and love his kids and very kind to his kids, you're just like, you know, everyone's blown away by that. No one's blown away by some hard-ass guy who, who can beat people up. I mean, no one's, you know, the, the, the opposite right. is true. And I think things have changed to, to allow that to happen where, where we can really mm-hmm. um, start to look up to people who have, uh, to men who are compassionate and, and can cry, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that I get the, the what's the, the, what are they called? Not the, the um, not the president of Canada, but what's, uh, prime minister is that what he is um that guy like people love that he's so um which way in canada or in france yeah in canada in canada oh yeah, yeah trudeau i can't remember his name yeah trudeau yeah he was crying yeah, and, you know the trudeau. women like that's awesome <laughs> but i also think he's awesome i'm sure there's men that think he's awesome that he can be that compassionate oh yeah and run the country. i think it's absolutely absolutely like i said this shifting uh, you know, I'm 45 years old, born in the early 70s. So just the shifting in uh, even my teenage peers who would never have cried except that they lost the championship basketball game to now them being, you know, these sensitive men who boo-hoo at their son's college graduations or when they watch a sensitive movie or they hug their other male friends and allow, you know, they're just more emotive. And I think that is part of the healing, um, you know, as well. And I'm excited about the time that we're living in personally because, you know, 30 years ago we had to watch X-Files and, uh, you know, uh, Star (laughs) Trek and things like that to encounter the extraterrestrial realms. And now it's actually very – if you're in the YouTube channels that deal with this topic, it's actually very common for people to speak about channeling of extraterrestrial energy. I don't want to say common because it's not – common but it's not unheard of you know Um, now were you familiar with the area of channeled messages before you started well I mean doesn't it make sense that you know when I think back I'm like oh my god now everything I've I've done makes sense that what I was interested in I was interested in Seth and then I was uh, back Mm -hmm. in the 90s and then I was also interested I went from Seth to um, Abraham so um, Abraham, okay. so I was definitely interested in channeling. Never thought I would do it. Never really had an interest in doing it myself. I was just interested in the message. So, so no, I, I didn't have any experience with that. Um, other than have, I did have the knowledge that it it happened. Now extraterrestrials didn't have any knowledge of that. But I do want to talk mm-hmm. about what. Ave is about because I thought when the extraterrestrial, you know, getting this extraterrestrial energy, and the funny thing too, by the way, that I told Janet about it, she was somewhere I can't remember, maybe she was on a plane or something. I told her I just channeled extra, extraterrestrial, I think, and she, as soon as I told her that, she started feeling the energy from him, and she had a hard time texting. She was so slow to text, she could hardly. Oh text. wow! And, and he affects me so much. When I did the when I did writing channeling, I still do when I channel him most of the time when I'm by myself. And it I usually write in large block letters, but with him, 
I had, I'm forced to write in small little letters. It's just I can't move my hands as much because of the energy. But with all that, and me, I love sci-fi kind of stuff and X, X, um, X-Files, but the funny thing is he's not like that. Is, uh, that's the shocking mm-hmm. part, and that's the part that I know mm-hmm. that made me realize it was real because it wasn't what I would have imagined or made up in my right. head. Okay. It was all about love from the very beginning. Uh, the answer to mm-hmm. every problem is love, every single mm-hmm. situation. It's all about touching the heart, getting in touch with your heart, moving, uh, making decisions with your heart. Um, uh, one, I'll just give you one example of one thing that's really cool that he told me is that um, laughter is a form of love and with mm-hmm. with love but especially with laughter we open ourselves up when we're laughing we really open ourselves up to the love and in doing so information can be transmitted so there's information mm-hmm. that can go not just love but information as well and I was like what that's, I'm, I mean that's just that's so cool what a concept and uh, Janet and I began prompted largely by him. So I think we, I can't remember exactly how we came up with the idea, but he was all, Ave, uh, my extraterrestrial friend was all about it. And he said, what's so great about, um, so anyway, we're doing a sitcom. I don't know if <laughs> I'm jumping everywhere. We're doing it. We're writing a sitcom about um, intuitives, um, uh, like a, a psychic, a medium, a healer, and the channel and we're writing a, a sitcom about that and he's helping write some of it and he said what's so great about doing a sitcom is because through laughter information can be given so someone so mm. the, the people who are watching the, the sitcom will be laughing about something silly like a ghost pushes something over something silly like that but they're also opening themselves up to possibilities that these kind of things really happen especially people that aren't exposed to that kind of thing so when everyone's in laugh mode they actually open the possibilities for themselves which is so cool i never i didn't think of it that way you know that is so interesting because when you think about it laughter it knows no language. So, right. you know, you'll see these uh, things where there's people on a subway and somebody starts laughing kind of hysterically. And people at first are startled and they start to look uncomfortable, but pretty soon it becomes infectious. And next thing you know, everybody is laughing to the point of tears streaming down their face and, like, fanning themselves, like, I don't, what is, what's so funny? And people are walking up on the situation, like, what's everybody laughing about? And there's no joke. It's just the joyful expression that moves from person to person. It's kind of like yawning, only the opposite. <laughs> the right, opposite of right. yawning. Pretty soon thing. everybody's doing it, you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and I'm, I'm just really excited to finish um, – to finish our um, our pilot so that we can start uh, showing it, and um, uh, because I, I just I just love the idea that some average kind of person who's lives in a not average is not the right thing, but someone who lives in a community, and we do talk to people like this who live in communities that are definitely closed to this type of thing, but someone who's just got a little bit, you know, wants to crack open the door a little bit, can watch a a, a show. And, and that door opens for them and the possibilities open for them. And then they learn that, oh, wait a second, I have that, I, I've had that happen to me. And, mm-hmm. oh, I've had that happen to me before, like it happened to me, too, with talking, through talking to Janet. But a TV show could do that. 
Yeah, that's just so cool. Mm-hmm. I, and I, he, he's got me on board with it. Abe does. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started, uh, you know, when you started working then uh, with him in, in energetic space, other than, like, what did you learn about him and his particular aspect of the extraterrestrial reality? Okay, he's, um, from what I, I, two different, I'm not sure about how he looks exactly, but I get that he's pretty much eight feet tall, very long limbs, very long appendages, or fingers, and um, he, uh, and uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't look like a, a gray or anything like that, but um, and he's mm-hmm. sort of reddish tone. He did bring me to his, uh, let me travel to his planet via, you know, just the, the um, astro. It wasn't even an astro, it was just in meditation. And, um, and it's, it's a lot, it's a very rocky planet. And, and this, but it was, it was, it just felt very loving. And uh, just saw a lot of rocks, and the, the entrance to his house had um, a bunch of flowers around it. It was it was just really pretty. And but he told me the coolest thing he's ever told me is he said the the most um, foreign and unusual thing you would find about our planet is how we love you and how we love each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. I was like, what? <laughs> You know, I wanted all this wow. sci-fi knowledge, and he's like, "No, it's not about that." He said, "It is, it is all about love," and and he explained to me that his job is specifically to talk to people um, on Earth, not necessarily in the taint, same time realm or something about that, but right. um, but definitely his job is to speak to humans on Earth, and and he explained that every, on his planet, everyone does the job that they are drawn to it, it just works out that way so he was mm-hmm. drawn to this and this is what he does and he's anytime okay. i ask him he's available so i don't know about the time i guess there's just you know there's no time or whatever i don't know how it works but but he is available and he is the best i mean not the best because i have other guys that do a great job too but he is just awesome at at getting me through difficult times um just unbelievable or just a problem solving a problem one thing that I found interesting in my reading, and I think I was specific and that I told you I definitely wanted to connect with that energy, <clears throat> is that you start to understand how the human framework, the framing perspective that we have of reality and our place in it is is much smaller and trickier for other extra dimensional beings to navigate because it's almost like uh, time when you talk about time or distance those things are really linear concepts that help us within the 3d matrix of earth time space to quantify and qualify you know that we have this lifetime that is marked by years we have these days that are marked by many minutes and hours and things but when you remove all of that or try to exist extra to that 
that's where most of the energy from spirit and 5D, 4D, 5D and beyond and other planets to where it, they'll say, well, to you it is future, but to us it is a present because we don't have a concept of future or past. We just are looking at all that is in every single moment. And they're not saying, well, we have two trillion light years to travel by jet fuel to get to your planet. He is connected with you through uh, telepathic, I guess would be the word I would use to describe it, connection that is not distance driven. (laughs) Right. So it does not take place in the physical. Yeah. It seems, do we seem like children when it comes down to um, our maturity when he's dealing or communicating with you, do you do you feel well, immature? <laughs> I don't know what no, the word. No, I don't. But I wanted to make one. I'll I'll get to that in just a second. I just want to make one point about that energy feeling so slow. That was the that was me. I don't. Him, maybe him adjusting to 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 get my hit my bandwidth properly. But I think it's mostly me mm-hmm. adjusting to his energy because it's so completely different. But anyway, that being said, mm-hmm. then as far as um, how uh, – what was your question again? Gosh, I just forgot. Sorry. Well, I was just talking about how time and distance and the human perspective is just oh. really Oh, and whether different. we're mature. You know, he sees us as mature or not, too. Yeah. Um, no, he, and there's no judgment. I never get any okay. sort of judgment from him. I do feel that by what he's – the information he's giving given me – I mean, he's just way smarter than I am. <laughs> he's, he's way, he's way more advanced, both spiritually and just intelligence. But the, the intelligence isn't like, like you know, being a scientist kind of intelligence. It's just intelligence of how the universe works, and and he's able to see my problems way more, uh, just very clearly. But not even see them clearly. His ability, what I think this was why he has his job, is because he's great at at finding a way to illustrate my problem so I understand it and understand what to do about it. Well, that's exactly what I received in the reading with you. I was hemming and hawing around my issue, and you were like, hold on, hold on, let me see. And then you were like, you asked a question that I had to stop and stand in, like, truth with myself. (laughs) I couldn't duck and dive and evade the the point any longer because of how it was put back to me. And once I came forward then with that truth, it really did trigger an inner shift that then every conversation subsequent to that wound up coming out of my shift, my Nudge. It was just like a little, you know, nudge you over here. Let me, let me push. You. Oh, there you got it. There you go. And then all the tumblers <laughs> fell into place after I stopped oh, uh, going back and forth in my head space about it. And I think the question really was pulling it back down to the love question. Uh, and so when you talk about how he's so much love, that definitely was my experience of that. I came out of it was I was repurposed in. And and clearer about how love I needed to apply it to situations that I was seeking resolve to. Yeah, it's all that's great. I'm glad that that happened for you. It just reminds me of one of his quotes. Um, so I I 
I haven't posted his quotes in a while, but it's because I've been on a different kind of tangent right now. But um, the the one was um, if if love isn't in your recipe, what the heck are you making? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I love that. That's good. Good point. What am I making? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't <laughs> know if I want to eat gonna... that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go well. I can guarantee that much. <laughs> well, I found it interesting because, you know, one of the things that I feel disturbed about is that we don't eat food so much as food products. You know what I mean? And a lot of that goes back to actual meals being prepared by people instead of by machines and squeezed into boxes and tubes. And, you know, that loving dynamic of sitting down and breaking bread and sharing a meal with someone who has spent their time and energy cooking it for you. You know, it's like the macro is is representative of the, of the micro in all applications of that love theory, <laughs> you know. Right. You can do your job, but if you're not loving your life and the thing that you're doing, um, then you should shift yourself to the place where you are loving your life and loving what you're doing because that's really what we're meant to experience. We're not supposed to be in the doldrums and hating to get up every morning, dreading our job and, and, and making us feel negative vibrations and sick and all of that just to make our living. And so many people are restricted in fear to step out to do what they love or to express love to other people. It's a common encounter or obstacle, I think, in in our current reality that people are encountering needing to be authentic in love, love of self, love of their life, and love of others for certain. Right, right. They, they, they now, are you, not just a, but every, every single, every single spirit guide, angel, whatever that I've that I've um, encountered while I'm reading people. That it's all about loving yourself. That's the main thing. You got to start with yourself, love yourself, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. and and go from there. But it, it's like if if anyone has a problem and they're not taking care of themselves, that's the first thing. It's just no matter what, like clockwork. Every single reading is like that. And then the ones, mm-hmm. the people who are real, some people are very, you know, really in need of help and they can't possibly get to that point, then they always recommend, you know, to seek help of others. Oh, it's, it always helps you to seek help of others and, and to pray for help. But, but the, even people that are just like, oh, my God, I have nowhere to go. I don't know what to do. Just to, to then just to let go and let someone else lead you to love or let someone else take the next step for you just to get you there. But no matter what, it's all about getting to the point where you love yourself and then, and then you can love others as well and, and be of service to others. Do you have any theory or insights from your experience as to why we are in such an unloving or unaware of the love around us reality? No, I I just feel like I can only speak for myself, and I feel like um, you know my I, my life is a blessing because if I hadn't had the adversities, then I wouldn't feel so um, thankful about where I am now, 
And so I think we should all just look at it as, yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. And while every little step I make in the right direction feels great, really, if we're going to be honest, it feels great because, because of where I came from. And, um, you know, just like a sunny day uh, after uh, weeks of rain feels great, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. So, so instead of figuring out, you know, getting dwelling in why am I feeling bad, dwell mm-hmm. in, the, it, you know, move to the wow. I just made that little step and God, I feel better. And isn't that wonderful? It feels better. And why does it feel better? Well, because of where I came from. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I look at it now. I can't say I definitely didn't look at it that way. And there's definitely days where I don't look at it that way. Like my car breaks down. I'm like, why me? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and then my guy you know, and Abe and everyone puts me in the right place. <laughs> and then you find yourself laughing at yourself, and then comes the release right. of love back into the situation, right? right uh, it's exactly. interesting because um, I was thinking as you were expressing that that. The why, a lot of times the why, why did something happen to me? Why did this happen to that person? Why me? We cry out to, you know, I think even in biblical God, Job was like, why, Lord? You know, uh, biblical times. I mean, that whole why is something that we're seeking. And many years ago, I was depressed and dealing with the dissolution of my marriage and went to therapy but I wound up connecting with a non-traditional therapy. And in that environment, the question was not spent about why. Like, well, because you have issues with such and such, it was more like, okay, so what? How are you going to be your authentic self, and how are you going to then change you and how you're expressing yourself in the reality that's around you. It didn't come from a perspective of that I was creating my own reality. That was until later. But it certainly moved beyond the why, why, why to a helpful position that gave me tools to move forward with. And I think that even as you're looking at um, channeling or receiving psychic messages or connecting with spirit, if you move beyond the, well, why? Why would an extraterrestrial be talking to me? Why would an angel be talking to me? Why would that questioning to just say, well, you know what? It's for my healing, and now what do I do with it? What, what do I do with the fact that I hear uh, angels and guides speak to me? What do I do with the fact that when I put my pen to paper, I'm getting messages from not myself? Instead of spending all those hours and worrying and stress always accompanies the why, why am I not happy with my job? I should be happy doing this. I trained for 20 years to do this. Why? Am I, if you just say, well, you know what, why doesn't matter? What matters is now what am I going to do with what I am acknowledging and how can I shift it? And if that means I go to a psychic who provides some insight that I'm not ready to hear from my own team directly yet, if that means I go to a therapist to deal with my depression and questioning, then so be it. You know, whatever it is that moves me out of the the why position of being stuck into the, okay, now what? I think it's I'm all for it, <laughs> you know. Right, right. I think the why, the why can be answered in a mechanical way with the law of attraction is 
you know, any recent things that this happened because I was in this space and I attracted things that were in this space. And, you know, I was feeling down, so I attracted bad things to happen to me, blah, blah, blah. That can be explained a little bit when it comes to childhood. That's more, I believe, at the at early child, that's a soul, a soul decision of what you want to go through. But once mm-hmm. you're an adult and you actually are, are making your own decisions, then it's mechanically it's the law of attraction answers the why. It happened because of this, happened because of mm-hmm. that. And, and the universe put it there for you to learn something from. But, um, but yeah, then it's, uh, that's what I'm learning now is I, I, just like you're saying, I spent way too much time in the why, and I still do. I still, with the psychic stuff, something will happen. I'm like, how did that happen? How did I do that? How can I repeat that instead of just getting into it and really enjoying it, you know? So um, that's, that's my new thing. In fact, I just got a, uh, with, with our friend we were talking about, I just got a, um, a, a reading from, from her, a wonderful psychic, and, and it was basically like, okay, now you want to know how it works? Don't worry about how it works. Just do it. You know, just move on. Why you, <laughs> what you slow, we slow ourselves down when we worry about the why and instead of just mm-hmm. enjoying it. It's like, like if you fell in love and, and you know, you were, you were kissing your new mate and just totally and your heart's just pounding and everything, would you stop and go, why? You know, it's just like, well, right. that would be the last thing you should do. You should just be in the now right. and say, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Right. Right. <laughs> now, are you, you are providing professional readings um, and services for people. What, what does that look like in terms of, um, I know I read one of your blog posts that talked about coming out of the psychic closet, <laughs> you know, and oh, kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> waving your flag to say, well, you know, yes, yes, okay, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what yeah. is your uh, current manifesting happening? So I um provide uh, phone readings, uh, 60 minute phone readings and 30 minute phone readings. Um, and, uh, and then also in person readings. Um, and uh, I do some, we also, with my partner, we also do house clearings as well. We do a little of that. Mm-hmm. And um, in my readings, like it can be mediumship. Um, basically, I just kind of leave it open. If you want to connect with someone in particular, yeah, we'll, we'll do a mediumship reading. And know that sometimes the person you want to come through doesn't always come through, but but generally it works out okay. Um, but and if you want to do channeling, we could do some channeling. But that would be a thirty-minute reading because it takes a while to get into the channeling. It's not. I mm-hmm. don't usually just jump right in because you have to have a conversation first, you know. And, and uh, um, kind of start things going. And then, uh, or it can be like a, a psychic reading just with your guides. I say just, I mean, it can be amazing. Uh, a reading with your guides where they basically, they just love you and want to help you and give you information to help you with your problems. A lot of people just want that, you know, the readings, which which I do also where they just like, you know, I've got this job and I'm not sure if if I'm, if it's right for me. That type of thing too. Just do. I could do practical stuff as well because it's just. It's not mm-hmm. me. You know, it's the guides. They they they'll take care of it. They just. I um, feel mm-hmm. like, like in the job of being a psychic for someone and giving them a reading is I'm a translator. I'm a conduit right. for them. Right. And and the, right. the guides just tell me the deal. And the hardest part of of being empathic and doing this it would be great. It would kind of be great if I could not be empathic for a while while I do this because. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the guides give you, give the person information that they don't want to hear exactly, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that mm-hmm. happens. Like like you're saying, you kind of got to 
the person, the client takes it and then has to go process it. But at the beginning, it's like, well, I don't know if that happens to me. And as an empath, when someone, someone gives resistance, an empath feels that immediately. So that's, that's been an interesting part of my growth is to realize where I stop, where other people's energy begins, and, and that the guides are saying things through me. It's not me saying something mm-hmm. that is, is difficult for that person. It's the guides. I didn't even know the information, you know. So that's, it's really right. interesting. It's helping me grow as a person to understand, hey, this is wonderful, beautiful information that I am in just – it's been bestowed upon me that I can do this, and I can give this information to people, and I can be of service to people and make them feel better or help them. If the information's there, the love is there, if they choose to, to feel better. You know, it's still up to each individual. Absolutely. I mean, and I feel like it's one of those, like, um, it's a sacred honor. And it's not just limited to being psychic. It could be even if you're a friend who someone turns to in their right. time of pain because you give good advice. Anytime people allow us or entrust us with offering our personal opinion based out of our experience or acting as a message conduit such as psychics or a therapist or a doctor, anytime that we have an opportunity to contribute to someone's growth and development, that's a huge honor, you know, and I think that people take it kind of lightly sometimes, if, if, especially if you're, you know, giving, dispensing advice out of like maybe an egoic framework or as a way to validate yourself, um, and you, then it becomes maybe not necessarily helpful to the person when, when you're in that kind of positioning with their life, and oftentimes people will then resonate away from those people in their in their trusted peer network. They won't go to that person for advice anymore because they're like, you know, they just really weren't helpful, compassionate, or understanding, and they would probably have me messed up if I followed their advice in that moment. But most of us, you know, we're really caring about our friends and the people around us when we do get an opportunity to express our truth to them or a truth to them. We don't take it lightly. You know, and I think that psychics and people who are uh, who are accepting the mantle of healer are definitely taking you know their responsibility because there's an energetic exchange that happens when you're connected. Then I, I would assume that after like a weekend of at the Blue Barn at Psychic Fair kind of environment where you're doing reading after reading after reading, that you're probably rather exhausted when you complete that. <laughs> Well, the first, the first two, t- yeah, the first four. I've done it four times, and the first two times I was completely exhausted because I was using my empathic ability at too much and just tapping into each person's emotions, which is just very exhausting. And and it really, um, it it didn't help me, and it didn't help the clients when when I'm exhausted by the end of the day. I mean. So this, but the cool thing was the last two times and this past weekend, I, I had so much energy because I changed the way I do things and I was using more clear cognizance and just the knowing, you know, mm-hmm. the knowing mm-hmm. of what to tell someone than I was my empathy. I was just using, I was being empathic just for a second, check in on them. I could see sadness. Let's talk about the sadness, whatever, just, just for a bit. 
but but mainly using other abilities so that it kept my energy level up. And then I was at the end of each each um, reading, I, it was wonderful because I just felt like hugging each person. I asked every mm-hmm. single person, can I give you a hug? Because it, it ended mm-hmm. the energy too. I think that's what the thing I was doing is kind of saying, here I am, you know, I love you. I'm giving you love. You're giving me love. And, and it may not, you know, we may not really love each other, but in that moment, it is love, you know, it is an exchange. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying I appreciate, I really appreciate you opening up to me and allowing me in this special space of yours. And they're saying thank you for, uh, for being careful with my space, you know. Thank you for being mm-hmm. careful with my heart. And, we'll, and we hug, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think that helps me exchange the energy back and keep you know there's mm-hmm. I'll, I stop the hug I keep my energy they kept their energy and both of us are really happy at the end of that and then bam I'm ready I'm I'm ready for the next reading so it was really cool it's a great experience this last time I, I think I I think I really um made a, a good bit of growth as far as how to handle my energy while giving readings mm-hmm well, I was really excited when I saw that you were going to be at the Blue Barn, you know, several weeks ago because I'd wanted to reach out to you to participate in one of the Elevation Station events that are pop-up kind of half psychic fair, half metaphysical fair, and I just wasn't sure if you were operating in that space. So when I saw you turned your light on at the Blue Barn, I think I probably messaged you within just a week or two to say, I'm right, having an event coming up, you know, would you participate? And uh, we the last event got canceled, but I do hope that in the future, I think we're looking at another pop-up in October that you will, you know, again, participate this time because I think it's quite unique, uh, A, to have um, masculine energy because the the numbers <laughs> yeah. are a little stacked for women to men. Were, the, were there any, were there only, what, maybe two or three other men at the psychic fair this weekend? Um Actually, the, the, uh, a guy, actually, a shaman I know was there the last two times. So he he, he just um, added, uh, like, double the amount of men. Yeah. <laughs> was that Steve? Not, not, quite, not quite. He added a third. I think there's three guys. I think normally okay. it's just me and another guy, and then there's a, he's the third guy. So, yeah, unless there were more upstairs. I, I just know of, I think, Preston. Was upstairs and um, oh okay but, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know him but um yeah so uh, yeah very few guys and very few guy clients but in the in the barn there's more guys because they like I don't yeah. know for some reason the the blue barn has a higher percentage of men so it's really cool I I was able to read um, several men this weekend I usually do it every time but but a couple of real macho guys I mean I say macho you know what I mean. Not yeah, yeah, guys yeah. That, <laughs> guys that were guy guys, they weren't. They weren't. You know, it just right. felt, felt that way to me. And and they were so open about it. It was so cool. I, you know, it was just. I, I that's one thing as I'm. I want to do is help men more. Um, and I'm starting mm-hmm. a a men's page for my site for my scotthallintuitive.com site, and hopefully, uh, I'll get that going soon. And it's kind of the the. You know, I just want to help men open up more, and and I think that I might be in a special place to do that. Might be the the right person to do that for some people because mm-hmm. I'm a guy's guy. I like, you know, I, I used to have a Porsche and race on the racetrack. <laughs> and, you know, I, uh-huh. I like working with my hands, like fixing things. I'm just uh, in. Other than this part, I'm just you know basically a regular guy. So 
So I think right. I'm hoping that'll make men more comfortable to to um, have readings with me, knowing that I'm not going to get all woo woo on them. But, well, they don't know I'm going to start talking about love almost immediately. But right, right. <laughs> but, you know, they can right. they can relate to me. They they can look at me and go, okay, he's a guy, guy. Okay, he's a sensitive guy. I see that. Okay, he's a musician, artist kind. I can see that. I get that. But I know what that is. You know, that's a quantity. Right. That's a, that's a uh, uh, a quality I understand of the the artistic creative guy, not you know, so so it's not so scary. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's going, you know, how that's going to go, but I, I keep getting pushed in that area to help mm-hmm. men as well as women. Women that you know, women are are awesome and still you know, the the ninety uh, something percent of the business. But um, I, I would just love to get men more involved. You know, opened up, right? <laughs> more opened up, really. Would you repeat your website for people who want to uh, connect with you through that? It is scotthallintuitive.com. Okay. And they can sign up for your newsletter and or subscribe to your blog. Because your newsletter is part yeah. blog and part newsletter, right? Yeah, yeah. The the blog. If you go in the blog page, or I, I think any all my pages have the place where you can sign up to the newsletter. But um, it just says subscribe. You can do that in the blog. Um, each blog post has that on the bottom too. It's it, yeah, I made it extremely available to find where to su- to subscribe to my newsletter. But yeah, I try to do once a week, uh, um, once a week newsletter slash blog. And it's usually lately it's been about. Uh, fairly personal stuff about my uh, experience and my opening up um, and my, my continued struggles too, which helps every time I'll, I'll go somewhere and people say, I read your blog. It was so helpful. And I'm still surprised by that. So um, it, it shows me one thing, opening up pays, opening up hells helps people um, in some way when you open up as so before I thought, well, I'm just whining. I'm being insecure. Uh, people are going to think less of me. Um, they want to have a reading with me, but they're seeing that I have problems. Why would they want to come to me if I have problems? You know, I'm thinking all these things, but still moving forward. I was told to move forward with this expressing mm-hmm. myself. And, uh, and it's always beautiful. I always get something, you know, someone comes up and says something wonderful. I struggle with that too. Or, or they just may say, you know what? That was really beautiful what you wrote. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> I'm always saying, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, what's he writing? And I can't say that about every newsletter that I receive from people oh, who are in, you. you know, the spiritual healing area. Um, but you know, I'm a I'm a reader, and being a librarian, of course, is my original profession. Might be a little more critical than <laughs> than some folks. Yeah, I bet you are. I find your your posts, you know, to be very engaging, and uh, you know, again, the thoughtful aspect of what you're expressing is certainly uh, why I keep coming back, and uh, it usually oh, resonates you. with me. You know, personally, is something I'm going through, <laughs> going through. Uh, so I definitely would recommend to anyone listening that if you want a little vitamin dose uh, of learning, to sign up for your blog. And you also have a Facebook well, page, correct? Yes. It's, uh, what <laughs> what is it? It's Scott Hall intuitive, intuitive channel, channel. yeah are you looking at it <laughs> uh not looking at it but i've tagged it several times today in terms of getting I'm ready for the show here we go <laughs> yeah scott hall yeah scott hall intuitive slash channel that's what it is yeah yeah i'm a photographer now, as well i have a photography page as well 
Well, and I wanted to ask you, are you teaching anything in the spiritual realm at this particular time? No, I'm not. But I, I have, it's funny that you ask that because the, the reading I received uh, this weekend from our mutual friend is um, Adriana. Um, she mm-hmm. said, or, or they were saying to her that, um, that I'm going to be in the teacher role more. And I'm currently teaching photography, um, but I knew what she meant. I knew it was more than just photography. So I've, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet, but I, I want to. I feel like uh, mentor roles, now that I'm, I'm getting older, that mentor roles are going to be something for me and um, possibly – uh, with men in particular is what I'm feeling. Like. Mm-hmm. But I would also, mm-hmm. I would love to, you know, I definitely think that's going to happen. It's being, it's in the cards, obviously. The fruit will be ripe. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. I was wondering that because I'm just learning from you, even as you were talking about journaling and allowing the messages to come back to you that so much of what teaching to me, ones that being about is learning to trust and to go with the flow, whether you're teaching <laughs> someone to write music, teaching someone to paint, teaching someone to channel, you know, and like the psychic development classes that I've been to, a major portion of the first first few weeks is all spent in exercises around trust and to not logic yourself out of your reality. You know what I mean? So I still struggle with that. Believe me, I still struggle with the analytical. I'm, I happen to be a creative person, but I'm also a very much a uh, struggle with perfection, trying to be perfectionist and, and, um, uh, trying to be perfectionist. That's kind of funny. Um, with being a perfectionist (laughs) and, um, overanalyzing all this stuff that's happening to me and those the this creative loving environment does not come with analyzing it's those two it cuts it off so um appreciation of wow that was cool you know a little little bit of that is fine but but if you go into how did this work and let me see about the it just doesn't work it doesn't work you have to just trust that it's working Yeah. And the thing that you uh, that you spoke about, <laughs> I keep referencing your blog post, but you had a blog post about, you know, silencing your inner Siskel and Ebert and right. how you would often come behind things that happen to you and say, isn't that crazy? I do that all the time when I call my friends. Like, I had this dream of such and such, and I'm like, this is that wild? And they're like, yeah, that's wild, but it's kind of like a disbelieving, even as we're sharing confirmations with each other, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Suspend the disbelief reaction to say, you know what? Yes, yeah, it's not crazy. It's no crazier than anything else. It's just my reality, and it's it's releasing that judgment, (laughs) you know? Well, yeah, and also we (laughs) I think that by saying that, at least for me, I can speak about myself when I say, well, isn't that crazy? Sometimes I'm the, on the good side, that's like, wow, isn't that cool? But on the other side, it, I think when I first started using it was, I know that it was like 
I know you might doubt this, therefore I'm going to say, isn't this crazy? Like I'm yeah. kind of doubting it too. Until you give me yeah. confirmation, then then I'm going to drop the crazy thing. Yeah. And and so that's yeah. a lot of energy that's not necessary. So that's that's what um my guides and um people around me were saying is like you know you know why why are you doubting it? I'm like well, I'm not doubting. It. I'm just saying it's cool, right? And they're like, no, nah, it's coming across as something else. And I'm like, seriously. But now I get it. Now I get it. It's it 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 stops the momentum. It stops the the mm-hmm. forward momentum when you say when you stop and go judging it. Isn't this crazy? Mm-hmm. Instead, a better thing would be like, wow, this is wonderful, isn't it? You know, that's a that's a whole different feel. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, oh, that's wild. <laughs> you know, now I'm just like, because I think some of it is quite astonishing. You know, and to take the edge, like you said, of judgment. Discounting yeah. out of the energy to say, well, yeah, it's still, it's a wow, it's awesome. You know, I talk with extraterrestrials, I talk with angels, I talk with my grandfather. You know what I mean? It is wild. I wouldn't trade the wild ride for normalcy in any day. You know, so I, know. I definitely wouldn't want to block that energy from manifesting. You know. No, me either. Now, no. uh, yeah. We're getting into the last few minutes of the broadcast here. I do have a few callers who have been holding. Uh, My screener has been letting everyone know that we're not doing psychic readings on the air this evening. We are just uh, having the conversation about your life. And if people are interested to contact you for psychic readings, they have an opportunity to then book those through your website. Um, yeah, um, yeah. through the scotthallintuitive.com or to flow through to your Facebook page as an opportunity as well to reach you. And you, you yeah, pretty much yeah. are available on a regular basis and then also at the various yeah. fairs. If they sign up for their new, your newsletter, they can also uh, connect, stay abreast of where you're going to be. Now, um, right, I do exactly. have one caller that wanted to come on. Um, I believe her name is... Catherine, or yes, Catherine. So let me bring her on the air here real quick. Catherine, are you able to hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Hi, Hi Catherine. I I understand you were holding to ask a question, but we're not, um, of course, doing readings this evening, but you had any additional comments? Yeah, I I just wanted to say kudos for... um, Scott's journey and for being so open with it. I believe that's a brave act and I just believe that should be recommend, you know, commended. And yes, just keep on going and God bless you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Catherine. Really do appreciate oh, no. that. No, thank well, you. And I appreciate thank you, you listening this evening. You've been uh, on the caller bank as the call-in listener this evening, and I just appreciate you tuning in. I love that we get to share these stories with people who do come out of and express their journey and gifts and abilities, and we wouldn't have a reason for doing it if it weren't for people like you who are listening and supporting and hearing and sharing in this energy. So thank you. Thank you as well. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. So now, Scott, you did mention that you are a photographer, and I do know from following you on Instagram that you do teach a class here locally. Um, and would yes. you like to share about that? Sure. I I, I teach a smartphone photo class. 
um, that uh, I teach on the Beltline. I think the next one is the, let me make sure I get the date right. It is um, August 26th, um, and you can sign up for that on uh, scotthallartist.com. So scotthallartist.com. And that, and so I teach uh, people how to use their uh, cell phones to make uh, amazing artistic photographs basically, and uh, kind of like bringing, working on bringing out the artist within everyone, which it works with my intuitive side because that's, you know, that's, that's channeling something that's, that's bringing some beautiful stuff through yourself and expressing yourself um, with the camera in a, in a really artistic way. And then, you know, everyone loves posting photographs. So um, it, it will really change the way you, uh, you take photographs and the way you express yourself online with your photographs. But it really, the cool thing about it is it will change the way you look at the world because mm-hmm. I will teach you how to see things differently. How to, because as a professional photographer, artist photographer, I, that's, that's what I do constantly is I'll see a cool, some cool part of something and be able to capture that. And I, I love teaching people how to do that. And I follow you on Instagram. So your Instagram for your uh, photography, what what is that handle? That that is A S H Ash Scott Hall. Okay. Yes. And I will tell you the pictures that you put out there from you know uh, those of you who do not live in Atlanta. You know the Beltline is. Um, a kind of green initiative. It threads all through the metro in town part of downtown connecting areas that used to be kind of former industrial and unused space, but now it's beautiful walking path with art installations and it's kind of takes you back into some of the hidden areas of Atlanta that exist in plain view. And often when I look at your pictures, I'll say, oh, I know where that is, you know, but you've done uh, yeah. it in such an amazing way that it's like, wow, you know, old railroad tracks never looked so cool, you know, before. Uh, so I would definitely invite our our listeners who are not in Atlanta to follow you on Instagram so you can see some spices of our lovely city. And I definitely have on my list of to-dos to make it to one of your self, your uh, smartphone classes because everybody is a selfie queen, right? <laughs> but now right. to be able to capture that moment with some skill, and you know, it's definitely not underrated anymore because there are sites that will print you photo albums off your Instagram and make you print right. to have in your own home that are captured with your vision. I can't help but think that it would be good for like uh, clairvoyance, like clear seeing to practice seeing those little pieces of flowers and grass and trees and right. sidewalk cracks and all of that. It seems like it would be a good exercise in enhancing yeah, when your, you're your in the <laughs> right when you're in the art zone the artistic zone it's the same zone as the channeling zone it's the same zone as talking to the guide zone it's the same thing it's just a different amount of information different information's coming in and and you're just connecting in the same way with this i mean to me it's the same headspace it's the same um kind of feeling and that's what uh, same with writing songs um I had a friend explain to me, I said, I don't know if I have a connection with spirit. And he said, well, what do you do when you write songs? And I realized 
just thought about it is I was in a meditative state, also known as the zone when we do creative things, right? And information mm-hmm. would just come in, words would come in, I'd noodle on the guitar. Same thing with holding the camera and looking at something and just saying, and I just see something just the right way and think, oh, I can move the camera this way and get this cool. And, and I'm just like at one with, just totally in the zone, at one with my environment. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, it is totally intuitive channeling. It's the same thing. It's all the same space. And it's all unique. I mean, we're given our perspective and our gifts and our experience is unique for a purpose. So, you right. know, what exactly. you see in something will not be what someone else sees in something. And that is the beauty because all of them hold value, you know, just like how you exactly. channel your music and the songs that you write or the spirits and entities and the way that you connect with them is going to be very different from the next person, but all are equally valid, you know. And that's exactly. what this conversation this evening has really, you know, been about is to say that you are unique and your journey is interesting, and but it is no more, like, magical or special than anyone else's. We all live in that as magic, <laughs> you know, and as extraordinary as some might consider your life it's only a matter of their perspective that their life is as unique and extraordinary as the ones that they're hearing about. Right. I, when I, when have... I do the, when I do the photography classes, I'm just in, in they're they're just an hour and a half long. And, and by the end of the hour and a half, I already have an idea of that person's artistic um, ability, uh, not ability, their, their take on things. They're, their particular mm-hmm. take on the world, which is extremely unique because I've got, like, mm-hmm. you know, seven people taking photographs of the same thing and they all take different photographs. So it's so mm-hmm. cool. And I think it's the same way with, with being intuitive is everyone's got to, they, they, everyone's going to operate in that, in that channeling creative psychic space differently. And that's why it's so cool. You can get the same, you can get readings from different, psychics and they'll give you the same information but in their own unique mm-hmm. way because they have their mm-hmm. own unique own unique connection to spirit the universe god whatever however they choose to look at it and i think that's wonderful i you know i'm like i love being human in this time i love uh being able to experience this uh, especially from an awakened state where i'm like in it I'm here for it, you know what I mean, and living in my truth. And I appreciate your contribution to my personal reality as you've been showing your truth and standing in it and shining your light for people. It's definitely made a personal impact on me, and I I think that it will also continue to impact others. So do you have any last-minute words of wisdom or advice for the audience before we close here? Uh, Yeah, I just have a little exercise. For people, um, when you're uh, meditating, um, I like to tell people this. When you're meditating, you say, well, I can't get my mind quiet. Let the thoughts kind of go mm-hmm. through. Let them go back and forth. Just kind of push them like they're floating. Just let them float through. And then when the thoughts about fixing things and what you got to do, when those start going away and then new thoughts come in uh, that has nothing to do with any, any of those problems that you're having, a new thought comes in, 
question yourself and say, where did that thought come from? I mean, let, let the thought come in and entertain it, but then question, where exactly did that thought come from? Because you might find that you're being given some information from guides, and that's the space where it comes in. It's way lighter than what we think as far as that my personal experience. It's very light. It's not heavy. i got to pull on this rope to get my guy. It's just, so just I'd like mm-hmm. to give people that little exercise and, and see where they go with it. Well, I will be trying that. Because I, you okay, know, cool. the monkey mind, as they talk about it, you know, is <laughs> definitely uh, real. But for people who have been saying that, well, psychic isn't real, it, you know, when you start to get past that that conversation of past and the present forefront brain, that where did that come from can really lead to some challenging realizations that might feel uncomfortable and disbelieving at first, but, it, you know, uh, who who or whom or what, where is this, this conversation now coming from and who's listening <laughs> to the conversation <laughs> that I'm having with myself? <laughs> you know? Right, so, right. Don't make you open your mind up a bit. And sometimes you get yeah. beautiful things you'll say, either I'm extremely intelligent and connected to right. everything or someone else is telling me this. And it's, and the, the answer is it's both. That's the cool thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's both. We're well, all Scott, intelligent. I, <laughs> I thank you so much for coming on the Psychic Inside Show this evening. Uh, for all of our listeners, uh, we will be getting this up on the YouTube channel. Uh, you can search for The Vibrary, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y, which is the collection of radio programs and stories that have been shared on this channel so far. And Scott's interview will be up there in a couple weeks. And, of course, uh, also in the iTunes podcast directory, you'll be able to catch him within 30 minutes of this show. So, Scott, I will be sharing the links out um, to people to continue who want to catch the rebroadcast of this. And I've got a couple episodes of my Thursday topical show coming up that I hope you will be able to return for. I know that we've got uh, more conversations coming about extraterrestrial and that aspect of encounters that people have and also channeling in that space. So I'm not sure which aspect of it we'll be getting to this Thursday, but definitely um, I will be reaching back out and then let our listeners know when you'll return to share as part of the panel guests during those topical conversations. So I really appreciate your time this evening and also to let our audience know that um, Scott's partner, Janet Raftis, who is also a gifted healer and psychic, is scheduled to be on the show later in September. I'm very excited about that. Uh, She hosts these amazing retreats I've heard fabulous things about. And also next week on the Psychic Inside Show, my guest is going to be Pink Bella of Pink Bella Aloha Therapy. Uh, Pink Bella, or Tracy, is a psychic healer, but she is a twin flame, a Blu-ray and twin flame uh, 
way show or light worker. So she has her YouTube channel where she has been teaching and doing readings for the Twin Flame Collective and those that are on the path of divine love. And so we will also then be talking about Twin Flame soulmates, divine counterparts, and the whole love aspect on next Thursday's show. So we've got some exciting episodes lined up, and I appreciate all of you who tune in from week to week for these conversations. And, Scott, I thank you for coming out this week and for sitting and spending this time with me. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It's been great. It's been wonderful. Thanks a lot. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, until we meet again, I'm wishing you all of the blessings that you can hold to overflowing in your experiences in this coming week, that you be bountifully blessed as you manifest the reality around you. And so I wish you love and, as Scott would have you say, laughter so that you can experience <laughs> that opening and the language of, of that comes down with that. To all of you this week, I acknowledge your light as I shine my light for you. So namaste to each of you.